Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. the very first episode of the biz and mayhem podcast where we're going to talk about all sorts of crazy things i'm here with my co-host tara parker so tara tell me all about you and then i'll talk a little bit about myself sounds good this is tara parker i work with uh within the aviation industry as a project compliance um i kind of consider myself an organizational mastermind i'm a professional skills coach a writer and a speaker and i'm a mother of three kids what about you chris so I'm a dad of two kids. I'm an engineering manager, and uh, I also own a uh, marketing and video production company called Check Six Creative Studio, uh, where I do all sorts of fun stuff with uh, marketing and video. And uh, so, yeah, I do uh, a lot of different things. I'm also a pilot uh, and uh, done lots of stuff in the aviation world and uh, formerly hosted the uh, Dad Time podcast. So this is uh, not my first podcast and uh, certainly had a lot of fun with that one before. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we can develop this uh, into something that's useful and fun for for all the folks out there. So Tara, let's tell them a little bit about why we're doing this uh, podcast here. And uh, so so why are we doing this? Well, a few reasons. We're going to take a a look at a few new perspectives out there. We're going to open up some avenues for thinking a little differently and outside the box. And ultimately, we're looking to have some fun and entertainment for everyone. What about you? Fun and entertainment is why I'm here. I don't know. You, <laughs> you said all that at work stuff. I I just thought we were going to come have fun. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm here too because uh, you know I I've uh, you know grown a lot of my career over the years, and I'm hoping to share that with some of the folks out there. And uh, you know, it's going to be just a fun place for us to talk about uh, a lot of the different things that that happen in our lives. And uh, you know, we're both really focused on um, you know making ourselves better and and yeah. advancing in our careers, and so. Uh, we can share that with the folks out there. And uh, so what we hope that you and the audience out there get is we hope that we can help you in your career. Uh, we can ho- help you you know, grow a little bit personally, uh, give you some permission to think a little freely. And, and like we said, also have a little fun. So this that's why we're doing this. Uh, a little bit of experiment here to see uh, what we can do to help the folks out in the audience and uh, also to have a little fun ourselves. So with that, let's go to our first segment, which is the newsroom. This is the newsroom. And Tara, I believe you uh, posted the first article here. And we're going to have all these uh, links to all these articles in the show notes. Uh, so you can reach those and we'll tell you how to get to those at the end of the podcast. Uh, so the first one is an update on our favorite virus, the COVID-19. It's the COVID-19. thing everybody everybody is talking about COVID right now. Of course, as we're recording this, there's a you know, shelter in place order in Kansas. You're not supposed to go out unless it's, you know, for essential stuff to go to the grocery store, get medicine. Uh, There are a few people working, but not many. Uh, So tell us a little bit about this article uh, that you got posted here. Well, the article is one I found. It was posted yesterday and I thought it was kind of interesting because it talked about the Achilles heel of this virus. And so um, I'm kind of the uh, conspiracy theorist in this whole virus thing. I think it's a really big deal. And and so looking at all the different uh, perspectives, different views, not just following the mainstream media, but looking a little deeper at what this whole thing is. And it looks like that there's some scientists out there that have figured out the weakness to this virus. Um, looking back at the article, and again, it's going to be posted where you guys can all read it. Uh, but they're showing that the there there's some human antibodies that interact with this virus, which is a, it's another version of a coronavirus. It's not the only one that's out there. But it looks like they're going to be able to create the um, the anti-vax for it sooner than thought um, and on a, in a different method. It's kind of an interesting article if you guys are interested in, in what's really going on with this thing and how it's how it's working and, and what the, the experts out there are trying to do to get it stopped. Um, not sure they can actually get rid of it. It's a virus, but um, they've got a way to slow it down. And so this Achilles heel that they're talking about is the way to do that. So it, it looks like there's some that what they want to do is they want to use the people who have survived the virus and use their antibodies to learn more about it, create the vaccine and, and look at how it forms and how it mutates in the human body. It's kind of an interesting article. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Uh, you know, it's really interesting to look at this from a different perspective. And I, there was one statement in here I'm looking for. I can't really find it. 
but it said something around the lines that uh, finding the antibody is kind of hard because you have to find the virus as it's mutating, as it's changing. Yes. And they were saying that that's why it was key to, you know, find, so, you know, use the folks that have, have recovered from COVID-19 and, and there's kind of the key to the unlocking this and in, in some of their blood uh, with some of the yeah. natural antibodies that they've created. So uh, hopefully they find this thing sooner than later because staying home and not being able to go out and do all the things that we like to do really sucks. It does. And, uh, and it's hard on the economy. And mm-hmm. uh, we're really hoping that they can, they can kind of do this quick. So, um, yes. yeah. So, I mean, there, there's lots of, uh, of COVID stuff out there. I think we all kind of get a little bit tired of hearing about it all the time. Um, so our next article that I actually just put up here, um, just a few minutes ago, Tara is on the USA, uh, on the uh, USS Theodore Roosevelt and, uh, the COVID-19. Have you seen this, this whole thing that's going on now with the, uh, the skipper that was, uh, the captain that was relieved of duty on the Theodore Roosevelt? No, what's going on with that? So this is like a whole big debacle now. And, uh, he was apparently relieved of duty because he wrote a letter trying to convince, uh, chain of command higher than him to let them, you know, get soldiers off of the ship. And he was relieved of duty. And then the uh, secretary of the Navy apparently went and addressed the sailors on the ship. And uh, man, if you read this whole thing, this is like a whole series of what not to do at work. I thought this was kind of perfect for us because, you know, the commanding officer turns out he's uh, uh, the the captain's actually got COVID-19. Now he's apparently in Guam and trying to recover from that. Um, But, uh, you know, the secretary of the Navy gets on the ship and, and, you know, really it, you know, if you read uh, apparently you know, of course, in this day and age, anything can be recorded, right? Yeah. So apparently he addressed the sailors on the ship. It got recorded. The recording got out there. Um, he said not some very great things, yeah. right? And it looks like, you know, both sides kind of screwed up, right? And yeah. so what's interesting is in the article, Trump's actually talked about it a little bit. And he said, you know, both people are great people and he might actually get involved and intervene. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, Man, it just seems like if you were to read this, this is like, man, do everything basically backwards from what they did here. Wow. Yeah, they're they're vulgar without being vulgar in the article. You can see that there are some some legit things that were said in, in those those real conversations. They're literally posted here. That's yeah, amazing. and it's and the and the article is on NPR. That's the I mean, this is not some left wing right wing. You know, NPR does you know, lean pretty left, right? But. Uh, you know, if you read the article here, um, you know, they did a pretty good job of actually reporting both sides of the story, which uh, you'll get to learn on this show is kind of one of my, uh, you know, big uh, uh, things about the media that I don't like is usually they'll just report one side of the story. Right. So but yeah. on this article, they actually kind of talked about um, a little bit about what the captain went through. And and, uh, you know, I mean, this guy's, you know, 50 year old guy who's a former helicopter F-18 pilot. You know, oh, wow. he's, he's, he's had a lot of, uh, service time and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's, uh, if he's going to be a Navy of a, of a, of a ship like that, you know, you've got to have, you know, a pretty good career. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, so he didn't feel like he was getting the, you know, the support that he was needing from the Navy. And so, um, he basically included the media in his chain of command, which is what the secretary of the Navy was so teed off about. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good uh, thing for our readers that, uh, you know, if you value your career going to the media about something, it's probably not, uh, you know, a good move for your career. Uh, as we, not. Uh, yeah, I've heard uh, that what's the saying? It might be career limiting move kind of thing. Right. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, obviously, I don't think he would have done that if he didn't feel like that there was a need to do that either. So right. um, when he when he left his ship, when he was relieved of command, the whole uh, everybody on the ship really just uh, kind of gave him a standing ovation and, and they were really, you know, you could tell that the the crew was really out, you know, back there to support their captain. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of all this. It looks like both the captain and the secretary of the Navy got some backpedaling to do some damage control, that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, it, um, does. it, it will be really interesting to see, uh, see what comes out of this. Oh, wow. Um, all right. What do we got up next? Let's see what's going on here. We are election campaign. Where the heck is it at? Have yeah, you heard anything what, about the election? 
Is there an election going on? Because I'm not sure that there's a presidential election coming up here in November. You know, I don't know either. There's a state home order. So how are we supposed to vote? What's going to uh, happen? So it's, I, I, you and I talked about this earlier, but there's been no talk about who's running and how their numbers are doing. Or I think the last thing I heard was a couple of weeks ago about Joe Biden was going to pick a woman as a running mate, which was my, um, that was my theory. I figured he was going to have to do that given everything that's been happening in society. Um, but there's been nothing. This COVID-19 virus has been taking over. And now it's, do we have an election coming up? Is there a campaign? What's, what have you heard, Chris? I really haven't heard much. Um, you know, we had the the democratic debates that were going on for a while and you heard, heard about those. And then there was the race to the, to the Democrats, you know, who was going to be the, you know, was it going to be Bernie Sanders? Was it going to be Joe Biden? You know, well, was it, it going to be one of the it others? Sounds, sounds like Biden's going to be up for the, the I, that's the last name I heard. So I guess I had heard there was some relief of efforts on Bernie's part towards his campaign to focus on, you know, the protective measures needed for this COVID-19 thing going on. So I don't know. I've, I've seen some freaky stuff on Facebook that says that, you know, this looks like a whole democratic thing to, you know, put this virus out there, keep people home so they can't vote for Trump. I don't know. There's, it's kind of weird. All the social media is on fire right now. All right. So, so let me get this straight. You think the conspiracy is that, that uh, somebody or maybe China doesn't want America to go vote for Trump again. So they're doing the whole COVID-19 thing. They released it into the wild. And so we can't vote in November. Is that the, <laughs> I don't know what the conspiracy? the conspiracy I don't know what the conspiracy is. I just know what I saw on Facebook a little bit ago. <laughs> that was the, that seems to be the, that seems to be the, the uh, little covert conspiracy thing that I saw last minute before coming on here tonight. <laughs> I was like, you know, I feel like I'm living in a Tom Clancy book, but that, that certainly <laughs> would be the plot of a Tom Clancy book, right? Wouldn't that be a great plot though? I mean, or, it's, it's worth maybe, before. Maybe Jack Ryan. Is that right. a Jack Ryan? That's it's a Jack it's, Ryan moment. It's one right of those things. Oh my God. It's so funny to see some of the stuff that if you just sit back and watch social media, they'll come up with all kinds of conspiracies for you. And I, I do like a good conspiracy. I, I do like a one with a really good foundation and, and platform, but there's just nothing to back some of this stuff up that's out no. there on social media right now. It's just a bunch of, you can tell people are bored at home and getting creative. It's, it's what yeah. this quarantine is doing to people. Well, this whole COVID-19 thing has been like the greatest generators of memes ever (laughs) in the history of social media. (laughs) I've seen some outrageous ones. Yes. (laughs) From the Tiger King stuff to, I mean, some of the stuff about COVID-19, it's just absolutely incredible. People are are unbelievably creative when they want to be oh, uh, yeah. on the, social media. The quarantennials, I think, is one of my favorites. You know, it's like the, the baby boomers, but the next generation are going to be the quarantennials. <laughs> I liked all the videos that showed the, uh, the the Gen Xs, you know, which is really where I, I'm a Gen Xer, you know, yes. and then telling the, the baby boomers and the millennials to stay home, you know, right. and finally <laughs> Gen X has come into its own because, you know, we've always been the ones like, ah, we'll just stay home, you know. Yeah. Not a big deal. We've got this. <laughs> yeah. Stay home, dad. <laughs> we'll keep busy. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. I haven't seen much on the media um, regarding the election or presidential campaigns other than just criticism of Trump throughout this whole um, this whole COVID-19 um, fiasco, which, you know, there's, there's something to be said for how Trump is doing right now, though. It's, it's not exactly a bad thing. I don't think, um, is with, he's got the stimulus package that's going out this next month or is it this month? I mean, it's pretty uh, soon, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, they're trying to push that stuff through as, as fast as they can. So, yeah. um, I, I think if you watch Trump, he's really interesting to watch during a, a press conference. Oh. Um, only because he doesn't do press like any other political no. figure ever in the history of earth has. I mean, he, no. he does press like he does press. And, um, you know, I, what's interesting is if somebody asks a, a genuine question, right, he is, right. he gives a genuine response, you know, and people may yes. criticize, well, he's lying, he's being a narcissist, whatever. But I mean, he gives, he gives, I think fairly, uh, you know, reasonable and, uh, you know, straightforward answers when somebody asks him yeah. a reasonable and straightforward question. And yeah. then you have the, the, you know, the reporter that comes off a of left field and asks him some out of the 
blue crazy question or tries to criticize him some way and he just throws it right back at him oh it's and, and they're they, they, every time he does that they get more and more mad at him it's like guys have you not figured this pattern out right i mean you know it's pretty simple it doesn't take a rocket scientist you know exactly stay out the line of fire in fact don't create the line of fire yeah, and uh, did you see uh, j- the the whole flap between uh, Kellyanne Conway and uh, that's who the that's the the White House uh, legal? Uh, yeah, she's um, amazing. She's I like her. Yeah, and then her and and Joe Biden got into it. Have you seen this? No. So, uh, you know, so Joe Biden was criticizing the president, and Kellyanne Conway, uh, you know, was on doing an interview, and she said, "Well, if you know, Joe Biden should stop." Pre- criticizing and he should you know call the white house and offer some help and so uh then the joe biden camp was out there saying well you know joe's gonna call the president and and tell him what they did during the obama administration with you know and so it's just like you know it's politics and it just uh, i mean it's where was biden during the obama administration you really didn't see i mean what does the the vice president do they're not really spoken of a whole lot so it's like it's really not that credible to hear biden say anything about this is what we did because it wasn't he's not accredited for it like Obama is. And Obama had his ups and downs too. He wasn't the perfect president. Of course there isn't one and probably. Yeah. I mean, there's no perfect person, but I I think it's interesting too. I mean, you bring up how vice presidents aren't, aren't really seen that much. You know, Mike Pence is the uh, leader of this uh, COVID-19 team that Trump put together, but it's Trump doing all of the press releases. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen Pence a couple of times out there, but really, you know, Trump's really the face of this thing when it comes yeah. down to it. So it makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, it seems like they're doing a fantastic job of, uh, you know, basically triaging and, and trying to get solutions to problems Yeah. Um, more than playing politics, which I think is good. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they're, they're trying to keep it away from out of media control, because I think the media yeah. has definitely driven this thing into the uh, the level of the the of excitement that it's at. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And not that it's not a big deal. I mean, it's, it's, it's new and it's scary and it's got a lot of unknowns and a lot of things to learn about it. But, um, I, I think, I think there's a different way for the media to handle this. And this was probably the most scary way to do it. Yeah. So with that, let's uh, transition on our next, uh, little segment here, uh, that we've got the next, next article to talk about. And that's, uh, the, uh, small business administration has some, uh, funding relief for, for small businesses. And, uh, we've got a link in the show notes here, but if you click on that, uh, right now, what they're showing is a paycheck paycheck protection program, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, an EIDL loan advance, whatever that means. Uh, but that apparently will give you $10,000 of economic relief um for companies that are experiencing some uh, temporary difficulties is yeah. what it says uh then they have bridge loans uh that will allow you up to 25 grand if you already have a small business loan um and then they have some debt relief programs but i think the paycheck protection program i remember reading uh will give you uh basically they'll they'll allow you to take money out as a loan and if you use that money to pay your employees then it's forgiven it becomes a grant so that's really cool that is um, but definitely, if you have a small business and need some uh, some financial help to get your employees through this thing, get you through this thing, definitely check those links out. And, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about all the details on here because I'm sure they're going to change by the time this thing gets published. Because yeah. it seems like all the relief that's out there for COVID-19 kind of changes on a daily basis. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, and I know that on a quick note, the local banks, um, your local banks, be they in Kansas or wherever, I know they're jumping on those Um they are, are working really hard to get those programs in play as soon as they possibly can to make them available to the consumer. So that's something to definitely um, keep in mind for the business businesses out there that are the actual consumer. All right. So I don't know about you, but I've had enough of COVID-19. So let's totally not talk about it anymore. Agreed. But let's move <laughs> into our next segment. We call this career workout. This is our self-improvement segment. It's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push you got it now harder lift and push it's the career workout and we're not going to totally not talk about COVID-19 because our first topic is working (laughs) from home and the question is is it as great as you thought (laughs) I've, I've heard varying opinions on this Chris what about you 
I think a lot of people are like, no, I want to go back to the office. <laughs> um, I know I'm one. I can work from home I've because I've studied from home. I've done a lot of um, self-management, self-control at home where I had to be productive on the computer in my office. So I'm good with it, whether if I have a home office or not. But I think that's kind of the thing where people are struggling is do they have a home office? Where If they don't have a home office, where are they working from? How are they getting the job done? And how, yeah, they, can, how do they handle distractions? I can tell you last week I worked from home and, uh, and my home office was my kitchen table, which is bad because my kitchen table is not very far from my refrigerator yeah. <laughs> and all of the other goodies that are next to the refrigerator. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit tough, but what are some uh, tips for people that are working at home? Do you have any uh, ideas on uh, what can help them uh, be more productive and, uh, and stay on track? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is if you are reliant upon your your smartphone, use it as a way to maintain your schedule. Put it in your phone how often you're going to work and stay at work. If you're going to start work at 8.30, then put that in your calendar that you're going to work from 8.30 to 11.30 or 8 to noon, whatever your schedule is. Put that in there. I think it's easier for the brain to have that alert system in there and put a literally put a, a little alarm on there that says you're supposed to be working right now. And um I know with kids around, I've got three kids, so they are a huge distraction because they think that you are accessible when you're sitting there at home and they, you look like you're playing on a computer because to them, that's kind of what they do. They play on the computer. And so it might be wise just to put up a sign that says, do not disturb, like quite literally just a sign Uh that says, don't, not now working, go away, whatever that, that message needs to be for your family, put that up so you can get some uninterrupted productivity product. That doesn't sound right. Uninterrupted work time. Well, I think it may be hard now too, right? Because a lot of the kids are doing stuff from home uh, yeah. for their schoolwork. So uh, here in Kansas, they closed schools rather early, um, yeah. and they didn't just cancel school. They just said, "Well, we'll give you some some stuff to do at home." So now, I guess yeah. uh, you know they they're not getting kind of seven eight hours of work a day. But um, I know my uh, my thirteen year old, you know, is getting three hours a day of work, and my daughter, uh, you know, is in fifth grade. She's getting about an hour and a half of work a day. So, you know, and they're not disciplined enough to sit down and just do it on their own. You got to kind of keep after them, you know, or help them out with their math or whatever it is. Right. So, um, so I think it is very distracting right now and, uh, definitely setting that schedule up, I think is, uh, is going to be helpful for people. Yeah. I, it, it works in our house. When I started my own online schooling and I had to teach my family to stay away from me so I could study and write my, all my, my papers and do my discussion boards, um, it, it took some conditioning, but once they figured out, I think one of the things I, I actually um, employed in the house is if you had to get my attention, you could walk into the room, put your hand on my shoulder and let me know you needed me and then give me a few moments. Let me get to a stopping point and then I could address you and, and take care of the situation that way versus just walking into a room that I'm in and just start talking and demanding my attention because I can cause some really frustrating conversations. I think, yeah. at home. So it, that's that's worked really well in my house. <laughs> My kids, you know, fortunately for them, they have seen me doing online school for a very long time. So they were prepared mentally to know what what it took. So we had an unfair advantage for this, but they are seeing the other kids, you know, their peers are struggling to get all their work done in a day. And I don't know about um, other school districts. I know that our district is not holding our students back at all. They've frozen their grades. You can only do better. You can't get worse. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's going to be helpful, but a bit of a trap if we're not careful. I don't know what I, I heard. Yeah, I heard that might be uh, Kansas statewide because uh, my my kids' uh, school districts doing the same thing. So, yeah. so it'll be I interesting. Think, I think it's interesting that you trained your family though. It's like <laughs> bad family, stay back, family well, down. Just, they, <laughs> they just got to the point where because you know when you, in a typical home, especially when you you've embraced the gender roles, mom does it all. And right. So when mom started doing work you know, homework. And that was from six to 10 at night. That was, that was my hours for my homework. And I still worked full-time during the day there. We just had to figure out something. So yeah, I trained them. I would ignore them. If they'd walk into a room and start talking to me without putting their hand on my shoulder, I'd ignore them. Right. And I don't know if I do the same thing in the office today. If somebody walks into my office without knocking or somehow getting my attention appropriately, I'll ignore them. And it drives everybody nuts in the office. They're like, why aren't you listening to me? For the yeah. same reason I don't listen to my children. You're interrupting me. You're not that important yet. Just wait your turn. <laughs> yet. <laughs> I, I just want to know, did you use milk bones to train them? 
Or did you use like M&Ms or Oreos, Oreos or something? Oreos? Oreos are a family right. favorite. Always works. <laughs> so there's the power pro tip. Use Oreos to train your family, folks. There you go. You heard it here first. So you're, you're, and you're currently on a quarantine-cation is what you're calling it, right? I, I love that term. I am. I've, I've um, Fortunately for me, I am not required at work. Let's put it that way. I've got about four weeks where I get to enjoy me. Um, I know a lot of people are really concerned about that, you know, staying home, being if they were furloughed or if they were considered non-essential by the state. And so they were really worried. And for me, I, I know with, I'm a single mom, so I'm paying bills all by myself. I just bought a house recently and I have got my car payment. Thank God I have no credit card bills. I don't know how they would have been. I don't know if they would have been as lenient as my mortgage provider in my, uh, my car loan. Cause I was able to push off those payments for a couple of months to make well, this good. all work. Yeah. It was really great. But I had seen that when I did research on how do you handle a, you know, something like being non-essential or being furloughed. And those were the tips that I got. Call your lenders that you owe money to and ask them, what can you do for me? I'm on furlough or I'm not working. I'm not allowed to work. I've been forced home. What can I do? And those were the tips that I got. So that helped out tremendously and took a huge weight off my shoulders and then, you know, everything else financially is going to be okay. But in the meantime, I've got a bunch of time to worry about me. So the kids are kind of on their own. I'm like, do your homework. You're great, but I'm, but I'm going to leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. There's an Oreo kid. Go away. <laughs> yes. So I've been taking care of my house and taking care of the things I like to do. And I don't have to worry about getting up in the morning and I don't have to worry about a certain schedule. I think somebody asked me today, what are you doing to let go of the normal? The normal walked out the first day that. You know, yeah. I was home when I should have been at work. And so that was kind of like, this is awesome. I'm on vacation. I'm on a quarantinecation. This is great. Let's so and I've I've you know, I've been taught to you about, you know, let's figure out what to get you to come back. It's like, oh, okay. If if you want <laughs> You're like, yeah, not so fast. <laughs> do I but do, do I, have... I have to come back to work? <laughs> like, really? Do you do you guys really need me? But <laughs> it's just I think if the you know, this I've had a rough six months from you know, I put my house on the market, it sold in two days. I had to find another house that was a sixty day closing, and then the holidays, and then I had a family member who's in a serious car wreck who doesn't have anybody else but me to help them and there are four dogs. And so it was just one thing after another. So having this time for me was, oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm happy. So yeah, I'm in a quarantinecation as far as I'm concerned. Everybody else is going crazy, but I'm happy. This is awesome. Yeah. And I've, I've had kind of the opposite of experience because uh, I have been, you know, deemed essential. Are you essential? By, You're important. I, I guess I'm important. I don't know. Sometimes I don't feel all that important. I'm like, you know, at work, you know, when you manage people, sometimes you feel like, you know, you're just refereeing a bunch of kids, <laughs> but, uh, especially hey, the crew that I've got, they're, they're fantastic. They all are very talented, but man, I got some unique personalities. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Uh, you know, like I said, last week I worked from home and then, uh, this week I'm, I'm, you know, working at the office and, uh, it's been really interesting uh, working through all this just because there are much fewer resources to get things done, um, you know, particularly when it comes to something outside of our group. And then, yeah. you know, we have to learn how to do things differently. So uh, one of the things I've done with the team is we've gone to uh, my, using Microsoft Teams and we've set up different channels for everybody to chat on. And um, I've gone to, uh, well, the, basically my whole team is working remotely uh, except for a few people. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting when you have an entire team that's working remote uh, or more, mostly remote. So what I, one thing I did was I instituted a, uh, 2 PM standup call with everybody where we get on, uh, Microsoft teams on the video, uh, you know, audio and video, and then right. everybody can, you know, just check in and see how everybody's doing. And, you know, today's, you know, call lasted five or six minutes. It doesn't take long. It's just yeah. everybody gets on, everybody gets to see everybody's face, you know, see how everybody's doing. Um, you know, we've had some good conversations about, Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. It's good for, you know, coordination yep. and stuff like that. And, That's good. um, it was kind of fun last week when I was home. Uh, you know, I, I used to have a photo booth company. I don't know if you knew that about me. No. Um, so I was going through my divorce. This is kind of a fun fact. And, uh, I had started a photo booth company. So I was actually in the middle of my divorce, going to a wedding every weekend. Oh, and if wow. that isn't like mentally torturing, I don't know what <laughs> is, 
but it was it was some pretty good money on the weekend you know uh and i used to joke people like you know hey they're not married until the chicken dance plays like every, <laughs> every culture doesn't matter you know what the culture was they would play the chicken dance i just That's thought awesome. that was the greatest thing ever that is but awesome. uh so as a result of having this photo booth company I still have a whole bunch of photo booth props because you really oh, wow. you can't really sell them and you know throwing them out nobody ever throws anything out anymore right no. so uh, so last week during the whole quarantine work from home thing um, I picked out a different you know photo booth kind of outfit to put on it was a lot of fun so <laughs> that's know. great so people that's I think morale up. yeah I, I think it did I mean you know I'd the first time I got on, I had those big giant glasses, the big orange glasses, you know, and like people would get on and you could tell they like wouldn't look at their video for a few minutes. And then they look and they'd be like, oh, oh, hi. You know, kind of caught everybody off guard. Are you paying attention? That's yeah. how you're going to figure it out. <laughs> so then about the third day, everybody was kind of like you could tell they were checking out their video early like on to see what kind of crazy thing I was going to wear, you know, Well, you set the expectation, Chris, now you got to keep up with it. That, that's right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm only got so many outfits and, uh, it was kind of fun though. I, I got to involve my daughter in it too, because, you know, oh, I let her cool. go pick out some of the outfits. Right. And, Aww. you know, we did have a rule though. That she can only bring up one thing because the first day she brought up like 10 things to put on. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 this is too much. You're going to have to let her do red lipstick one time and see if anybody notices something crazy like that. (laughs) And she'll do it too. I know. That's why I'm saying it. I'm going to tell her. (laughs) With no hesitation. That would be stellar. (laughs) She she would, she would definitely do that. I mean, what girl wouldn't love to put makeup on her dad? That's just automatic. Oh, she's, she's practiced on me before. There you go. See, the picture didn't happen. So. Yeah. (laughs) So what else have you been doing in your quarantine-cation? Um, well, you know, actually, uh, because like I said, I bought a new house and so I've been trying to get it decorated up because I hadn't pulled out and, you know, manhandled any of my decorations for my house. And of course you always find something that you need in a, in a new house. So went to the, uh, one of the local retailers, actually Walmart to go get some paint that I needed for a couple of wood projects that I'm working on. And those shelves, not, I, the toilet paper shelves and the paper towel shelves are empty. We all know that one. The project shelves are empty. All the craft shelves, they're empty. There wasn't nothing. hardly any, there was nothing there I needed. I so barely got away. people were like picking up their TP and then their paints or whatever? Yeah, what, they're, yeah the they're keeping themselves busy in the bathroom, I guess. But all the the all the Crayola <laughs> project kits that you get from there, the, all the coloring stuff, the watercolor stuff, everything, they picked that stuff clean. I'm like, seriously, are you, you guys don't have any idea how to use that. Let's be real. Like, unless YouTube's going to get some <laughs> serious hits, you guys have no clue how to use that. Put that back. So I, I barely got out with a, a brown color that I really didn't need, but I, so I bought a black color to go with it because I've got this espresso brown look I'm going for, and I made it work. It looks great. I don't go cool. rough it up now, but yeah, I was shocked. I've never seen those shelves pick clean like that. It's like wow. you guys realize that's not toilet paper. It's not going to work the same way. It just won't. You can't wipe your butt with the craft paint. You can't. Nope. That's going to actually leave a mark instead of removing it. So <laughs> it's going to leave a mark. <laughs> Maybe it just camouflage it a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna, there's been some memes about that too. OMG. I cannot people. You have too much time on your hands. Please stop. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are, are using this time to, to better themselves and to, uh, you know, maybe learn a new skill. Yeah. Um, I saw, I'm not sure. Have you heard of Masterclass? Um, I'm not, it, it sounds like I've heard a whisper of it. Like it's okay. been out there. So the masterclass is like a, a best, the best way to describe it is it's a high end online learning, uh, you know, platform. Yeah. And, uh, they have lots of uh, famous people that actually put on, uh, you know, basically classes. So, right. um, they've, they've got, uh, some really well-known folks on there, uh, you know, who don't normally, uh, teach things online. Right. But, yeah. but you'll get access to them through this, <laughs> this thing called masterclass. And, right. uh, it's really kind of cool right now. They've got a special going on for $180. You can buy a year pass, which I think is what it normally costs, but then they're also giving you a pass to give away to a friend, which I oh, thought was nice. really cool. So that's uh that's a pretty neat deal. Um, and you can go on and learn. There's a bunch of business classes on there. There's some about, uh, you know, if you want to learn anything about the arts, you know, video making or video production, um, you know, uh, writing, there's some writing classes on there. So, um, that's really kind of fun. I've been playing with my camera, so I have a video uh, production company and I just recently switched, uh, you know, platforms from Canon to Panasonic. And so, 
right. uh, kind of learning the ins and outs of the new Panasonic system. And uh, so that, that's been kind of fun. Um, although I haven't, you know, had a bunch of time at home to do it. I've been trying to, trying to just uh, relax a little bit and get into that at night. So that's been kind of fun. So is that an easy skill to pick up the, the camera and videography? Because I see a, what appears to be a lot of new professionals out there with their cameras and it seemed to be, they seem to be discovering their new business. And yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, um, all sorts of different, um, levels of, of professionalism. I think you, you could say, yeah. uh, when it comes to photography, because, um, you know, I mean, it's just anybody can pick a camera up these days and, and, you know, it used to be back in the day, you'd have to spend, you know, five grand at a minimum, 10 grand really to get into the business. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, uh, I mean, you know, back in the day when you had to develop film, you know, it was, it was a couple of bucks for a roll and you shot 24, 36 pictures and you yes. paid a couple more bucks to get it, you know, get it developed. And, and, you know, it took a lot of money to really develop your skills to where you were, you know, considered a professional, Yeah. Um, you know, and, and back then a professional was somebody who really made their money full time, um, you know, with their camera. Right. right? Yeah. Um, nowadays that, that definition is a lot more loose, I think. Uh, because people can pick it up, um, you know, a lot cheaper. I mean, you can buy a used $300 camera now and have 80% of the capability that somebody who buys a $5,000 camera has. Wow. Um, so the cost of entry now is a lot lower. Um, that's not to say that the skills aren't, you know, this, there's a lot of skills that transfer from, from the older systems to the newer systems. So, you know, people still need to learn, um, you know, good, uh, posing techniques and, framing and color and light and all that kind of technical stuff so details is a big part of that i know a a photographer friend that one thing that would always i'd always get him on was his his attention to detail he'd always miss the little things yeah but he had the lighting figured i I didn't realize there was a science to the lighting oh yeah yeah there's a whole i mean lighting is science i mean it's it is you know particles and there's formulas for all that stuff if you want to get into it but yeah it's a it's uh it's definitely an art and a science, but I mean, it's primarily a science, um, you know, and it's a thing that you can learn. And what's great now is you got YouTube, right? There's right. whatever skill you want to learn. You can watch 20 hours of videos See, online my phone, about it. My phone has the option flash or no flash. That's all the lighting that there is, right? That's, yeah. that's it. That's, that's all I know about it. There's that's the end of the science for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, you know, you get into off camera flash or studio lights and, and there's really a lot that you can do. And, you know, photo manipulation has come so far these days. You can do so yeah. many things with Photoshop and, and other photo oh, programs. Yeah, it's all the rage. And, yeah, I've um, seen all that kinds of stuff on Facebook of people messing around with photos and making people disappear into pieces and yeah, all there, kinds of crazy stuff. There's a bunch of really creative things. What's interesting, though, is that even though the technology has changed, the business of photography, or, or in my case, in doing video production, really hasn't changed much. I mean, you still have to provide a good service. You have to be professional. You have to be good with people, you know, having those soft skills is really important. Right. Um, Not only for when you're, you know, posing people, but, you know, quoting on projects and things like that. So um, all of those skills are really the same as that they've always been. And and, uh, it's really interesting. I mean, the, the challenge that people have now in both video production and photography is that there is much more competition than there used to be because, mm-hmm. you know, it used to be, you know, it, it took a lot of time and effort and money to become someone who was going to make money with their camera. Right. Well, reputable. Um, yeah. And, and, reputable. and build, build up your reputation. Yeah. Nowadays you have, you have those same people. Plus you have all these other, you know, quote unquote professionals who've been shooting for a year or two and have, you know, lower end cameras. And so there's a lot more noise in the markets now. And that's uh, one thing I think a lot of people are finding is that it's a lot harder to stand out from the crowd um, than it used to be because, uh, you know, there's definitely a a divide between the people that are, you know, doing this for a hobby and have never, um, you know, never really uh, been trained in this. And then there's some that have never been trained, but are really good. And I think there's some others that are, um, you know, just they're they're at the top of the game. So, um, you know, just just a lot more noise in the market now. Yeah, there is. It's all over. Amazing. All right. Should we move on to the next segment? Yeah, why not? Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. All right. This is the IT corner. 
And uh, the first article that we came up with here, it's kind of fun. Um, you know, it shows that uh, they're using the cell phones now to track people. So what do you think about that? Not a fan. Not, not, I've not had a, a fan. Not a fan. I've always had that little inkling of what are you going to do with what do you need? What do you want my GPS for? Why, why do you need this on right now phone? And so I've always been a little bit leery as to why that option was there or why the option was on without you turning it on. And so, uh, but yeah, that that's a whole thing now with the the quarantine and stay home orders. And they, they, you know, if you're out and you're not supposed to be out, they want to use your cell phone to find out where you're at. And it's like, just, you know, you can call me and I'll tell you where I'm at. That's fine. But not everybody's on that, that page, but I mean, but people are getting out and they're not staying home. They're out in the parks, you know, yeah. they're, out, they're active. I've seen people in my neighborhood. I, I knew there's a lot of people here. I didn't realize there was that many here, but yeah, I think we, we talked about this, you know, before the whole stay at home order came out and it was like, well, people are going to get to learn who their neighbors are. Yes. And <laughs> I, I think have. that's mostly true. People are, <laughs> yeah. you know, coming outside again, stay home. Okay. So everybody's outside waving at their neighbor. They are there. Yeah. And you know what? It's, I've heard other conversations about how other cities are showing more outside activity in terms of walking and going to the park and whatnot and how people are moving across the street to maintain that six foot rule. That hasn't happened. I, I walk my area, my neighborhood, and I have a four mile, um, a couple of four mile tracks that I like to walk and nobody's moving away from me. They're more friendly. <laughs> they are way more friendly now. It's amazing. I, you know, instead of just kind of, do we, you know how you pass somebody? It's like, do I want to look at you? Cause if I look at you, I have to acknowledge you. Right. And then yeah. I just, you know, kind of like, Oh, hi, how are you? And it's kind of like, uh, I'll say hi, but it's a courtesy hi and don't think anything of it. And now it's like, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Got to go. And yeah, I think what? people are missing their their uh, adult interaction, right? <laughs> yes. They're, they, they're learning how stay-at-home moms and the daycare moms are feeling right now. Because <laughs> when, you, when you don't have that adult interaction, you crave it so badly. I was a stay-at-home mom years and years and years ago. And I remember that feeling of, wow, there's actual adults out here. What do we do with you? Like, please come talk to me. <laughs> And so, yeah, they're, everybody's friendly and they, they actually look at you several feet before you get to them and saying, hi, how are you? Just, it's a nice feel though. And, but they're all out there. They're not staying home. They're out yeah. there loving germs all over the outside world. So uh -huh. I saw an article that in our state in Kansas here, the movement to parks is up 72% over normal. Amazing. Isn't that incredible? That's, you know, when, when you don't work, what else are you going to do? You're going to work out. I've seen more people running. I'm like, you've never ran before a day in your life. <laughs> Good for you. You keep going. I hope you hold on to that. I, um, I think the coronavirus is going to give us a lot of blown knees and a lot of babies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, there'll be a huge boost here. Not Well, boom, I guess will be in, in, in several months. So. All right. But, so you, you had a great idea for a topic, right? With all these new runners out there, these people that are out getting exercise, which is totally cool. We're, we're a hundred percent for that, you know, get out, get some exercise in, get it's healthy. All that stuff's awesome. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about what are the best workout headphones, right? Cause, uh, yeah. you know, if you're going to work out, you need to listen to, you know, maybe some awesome podcasts, maybe yeah. like the biz of mayhem podcast, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and to do that, you need some headphones. Right. Uh, so we want to talk a little bit about headphones. So what do you use? Well, I, I, right now I'm using, I think it was called nice NYZ. It's there. We've got a, we'll have a link out there too on the, the share notes. Um, they're not my favorite. I like them. they are two earbuds instead of the one. Um, my favorite was the focus power and these are all Amazon buys that I just find these on Amazon. Cause I've, um, I get some insight and advice or advice, um, regarding Amazon and the best ones to use, but these are pretty cool. They're really touch sensitive. I mean, they fit the ear great. They're hidden. So when you're, if you're like singing out loud to your music, you do look a little crazy or if you're uh -huh. talking on the phone with them, cause they do double as a, a phone a t accessory, but they're real sensitive. So the, you touch them to turn them on, but that touch point is right outside of the actual earpiece. And so if you go to kind of adjust it a little bit, if it, if it slips a little bit, or if you don't like the way it feels, you're liable to turn it off. So it takes some getting used to, but, um, I know somebody who uses Apple AirPods. I've, you know, somebody at work, yep. I know uses them. And, uh, one of my kids, his, his girlfriend uses them. They love them, especially since, um, a funny story. She dropped her AirPod into a cup where it had whipped cream from a, it was a Starbucks cup. And it had that huge layer of whipped cream that they put on there. And she dropped the AirPod right into that sucker. And oh course, man, she freaked out thinking, Oh my gosh, these are you know expensive. My mom's going to kill me. And she pulls it out and you know, they kind of dry it off and they wait. Yeah. Works great. You so, know? <laughs> so I want to go back to these, uh, these ear pods that you talked about. 
I'm on the page now for them. Uh, which ones are they? They are the, uh, the, the focus powers that you said you liked. I love that one. That was See, it, the one I had was a single, but I think they're advertising the, the dual one now. Well, there's, but, there's two different models. One's 26 bucks and the other one's 73 bucks. I'm cheap. I went with 26. <laughs> you went with the cheap one. I like the cheaper stuff. I'm, I've, I'm a mom of three kids. I'm the crazy dog lady. I've got four shizu. So if something hits the floor and I don't get to it before they do, it's gone. Yeah. Like, I heard, I heard these were a tasty treat, right? Is yes. what you're saying before the show? Yes, I, I've my dog, well, each there's a dog per human in the home. So we've, our ratio is even. So my dog Bishop found this, this little earbud on, I think it was actually on my bedside table. And I think he was just being naughty. Mm, yummy. And looks got like it. a dog bone. Yeah. It's, it's teeny tiny and it's just the single one. So it must've looked like a little treat or something. So, <laughs> it's dark like the furniture. How the heck he saw that? I don't, Oh, was he pissed when he tried chewing it and it wasn't, you know, quite. I, don't got know. The... I was asleep. I was dead asleep. He got this <laughs> I was gone. So I woke up the next morning and it was one of those days that I couldn't go. I, Cause I like to get up early and go take my long walks and if I can. And um, so I didn't walk that morning. And then I went to go look for my ear, but I'm like, where'd that thing go? And then throughout the day, I'm like, there's a funny thing on the floor. What is that? And it was all torn up and you know, it was mangled and you know, the little dog bites into it. I'm like, what is this thing? And I'm like, Oh, that's my earbud. Oh no. I'm that's pretty sorry. bad when you can't even recognize what it used to be. He's a phenomenal chewer. He really is. He does a great job. If you I'm need not it, sure if that's something that I want in my dog. Right. He's, he's outgrown most of that. I think yeah. he still tries to, he's got, uh, we figured out that he likes little stuffed animals. And so, uh, um, okay. Those, but so he's laid off the earbuds and, but the, the ones that I bought the NYZ, they have their own little charging case, which is really cool to hold the case actually charges the, this the earbud yeah. for you so that you don't have to put them on the charger all the time or try to um try to keep up when they're when it's time to charge them so i don't charge these very often and you don't have to use both of them i don't like to use one i'm big into situational awareness especially since i'm out and about and when i go on walks like i said they're four miles long right uh, so i can get caught up in some you know pretty far off places from my house and i like to have one ear um open to the world around me and then the other one jamming out to whatever rock station i got going on so those are pretty cool. I haven't tried the, the Apple AirPods, but those who have spent the money on them swear by them, thankfully, because I know that they are not a, they're not the cheap purchase, but they are an Apple product. So they're probably pretty high, high quality anyway. Yeah. I have the Apple AirPods and I've been pretty happy with them. Uh, you know, you can take them out of the case, put them in your ear and somehow it magically recognizes that it's in your ear and it wow. starts working. If you take it out of your ear, then it's, then it goes back to being on the phone, <laughs> right? It's kind of voodoo magic. Um, <laughs> And uh, it, it'll also show you what percentage the charge is, right? And I, right. I've heard some complaints that after like a, a year or two that the, you know, the batteries are small in them and they don't replace the batteries. They basically become disposable. Um, oh. So that, that's one of the things you got to watch out for. But they seem to have worked pretty good for me. I've had, I've had mine for a couple of months now and I've had to clean it for the first time. Um, so you, know, you have to be, make sure you know, clean all the, the earwax and stuff out of them, which is kind of gross, yeah. but, um, but that's going to be with any of these, you're going to have to clean yeah. them. Um, well, so they've worked pretty good for me. And you're going to notice them on the white ones. My NYZs, nice, or I'm not sure how to say it, but they are white. So I see the earwax more often. Yeah. Never noticed on the focus power, but it was black. So I don't know who, who came up with all these wireless earbuds though, but they look like terrible when you wear them. Yeah. I mean, the Apple AirPods like hanging down. You're like, dude, yeah. you got something coming out of you. Oh, wait, that's just your AirPods. Yep. Well, and yeah. then like I said, the, the little earbuds that I use, they disappear into your ear. So if, if you are, because I'll use them when I'm in my car talking on the phone or if I'm around the house and the right. kids can see them and they're like, are you talking to yourself? Are you talking to me? What are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, no, I've got my earbud, you know, it's got to point to them. I have, I'm busy here. Leave me alone. Go get an Oreo. All right. Our next topic on uh, the IT corner is setting up your home workspace. Since everybody's working from home, got the Corona, staying away from the Corona. Let's yep. uh, talk about setting up your home workspace. So um, I want to talk to everybody a little bit about uh, two important things from working from home for the IT side of things is one, your webcam and two, your audio. So on your webcam, you got a couple different options. A lot of people have laptops and they got little webcams built into the laptop. Those are usually pretty good. You can always tell when somebody has one because, you know, you're basically looking straight up their nose when they're on their video <laughs> conference, right? Um, I personally like an external webcam because I can set it up a little bit higher. So it's, you know, yeah. actually looking more at eye level uh, if it's top of your monitor 
or even down a little bit. I think it's a little bit more of a flattering look. Um, and, you know, I think another thing people need to think about with either the internal or the external webcams um, is make sure you have your input source set right. Because in a lot of these programs like Skype or Zoom, you can choose which uh, webcam or which audio source you need. So take a few minutes to go and poke around in the settings. A lot of times in the settings, you'll be able to choose which one you want. Um, so if you have problems with stuff not working, you get into a call and you can't see yourself or whatever, it's probably because you got it set on the wrong thing and just right. go poke around in the settings. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, another thing people forget about on webcam is lighting. Um, so you don't want to have a big light behind you because it makes it really hard for the camera to see you because you basically just be a dark silhouette. So try and have some light in front of you. Try not to have like a big light behind you. I noticed this today when I was at work. I was sitting in front of a window and, you know, I had the webcam on. It's like, you know, basically the window just blew out. Everything you could just see the silhouette, right? So um, all I had to do is turn around where the window was like lighting my face and then boom, you got a, a much better image. So, um, you know, nobody's out there. I don't think really judging you on how you look, but, you know, <laughs> I think, I think it does help quite a bit if you look pro professional on, you know, yeah. on the audio, on the video, I think it does make a much better presentation. Well, I, I, I think you're right, Chris. There's a lot to be said for presentation. And so if you, it's one thing, as long as whatever's in the camera looks professionally, you're great. If you're wearing PJ bottoms, don't worry about it. I think that's the great thing about working from home is, you know, you're, you're half done and half undone. So, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's dress from the top down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nobody needs pants in this world. I, we don't need to know about it either. We <laughs> keep that to yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And then on the audio side, you know, just like your webcam, you can have both an internal mic and your laptop, which uh, is going to sound terrible. Um, the other the, the other things you can do to make your audio sound better is you can uh, get headphones or, uh, you know, or podcasting mic like we're using here. And those will yeah. dramatically improve your uh, your sound. Um, and then just remember, if you have a lot of echoes or a lot of noises around you, um, first, if you have a lot of echoes, you know, try and put up some padding. You know, you can... Mm -hmm. uh, if you're in a room with a hard floor and, and, you know, ceilings that are tall and not much on the walls, then you're going to get a lot of echo and bounce. And yeah. so, uh, you know, things like, um, you know, fabrics or you can actually hang blankets up to get rid of echoes. Uh, there's lots of stuff on YouTube about that. Um, and then the other thing is just being conscious about the, uh, the noises around you. So, you know, people banging around in the kitchen or doors opening and closing, you know, dogs kids, barking. toys making noise, dogs barking, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And the other thing, too, I noticed that I'm hearing a lot of complaints and concerns about whatever platform people are using to connect with their coworkers um, virtually. It's the, the in terms of the audio, they can't figure out how to get the sound to work. Is Do I call in? Do I use my audio from? Oh, the? Yeah, that's a good point. And so I've seen yeah. a lot of that from home. And I was just having a conversation with a gal pal about that prior to coming on here. She couldn't connect audio with her um, her platform with her webcam. And so she. She had a hard time keeping up with the meeting, obviously, because she's not a lip reader. So it's, yeah. that's one of the things that do troubleshooting early on if you can and make sure your systems work before you go into the the meeting or the the interaction with somebody for work. And I, I was in a call last week where this happened, where I called into the or I, I clicked the button on the meeting, got into the meeting. OK, I could hear the presenter going and I was like, man, everybody's being really quiet. But I looked and, you know, a bunch of people had their microphones on mute and I figured, well, mm -hmm. OK, it's just, you know, her talking. Right. Well, then I realized like three quarters away through this meeting that they were actually on a call in number and not using the audio for the oh, no. for the online thing. Right. I was like, well, I guess that's why I'm not hearing everybody else. And then I call yeah. in and oh, well, nice of you to join us. Well, I've been here. I just <laughs> can only hear one person. Right. So, uh, yeah, definitely make sure you understand, you know, if they're going to have the call you know, the audio on the phone or if they're going to yeah. have the audio on the computer. And well, that means it, you got to read the mess. That means you got to read the invite for the meeting entirely. Don't yeah. just see that it's an invite. Read what's in the text of the meeting. Yep. It, it has information for that reason. Speaking of reading, let's go on to media madness. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> Welcome to media madness. So you've got a book here. What is this? Um, emotional agility, get unstuck, embrace change, and thrive in work and life. This is that's one a, of my favorites. A, sounds boring. I know. What is it, emotional agility? It sounds agility? like a long title. Well, yeah, it's it's about as long as yours. If I think yours might have a little more than mine. But... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm giving you a run for your money here. <laughs> right. So this is a book by Dr. Susan David, and I, this is one of the books that I studied in, during my undergrad. 
And so my undergrad is in organizational leadership, which has a lot of emotional intelligence. And if you're not familiar with that concept, and it's coming around big and strong now, but emotional intelligence is about recognizing emotions, not as just a person's reaction, but data as to how they react to a situation. So for instance, if there's somebody at work who doesn't like to be caught off guard and they typically get pretty um, short and, and nasty with you, that's not to say that they're a bad person, but for that situation, that's how they respond. And you know, how do you work with that information? How can you better yourself and further your own career and your, your position um, by understanding how people respond to situations and how you respond to situations? I know I'm somebody who doesn't really like people driving people who don't make good decisions and driving drive me crazy. I get really irritated with stupidity on the road. Yeah. Um, who doesn't? And so I've had to learn to, okay, I know this person's not going to make me very happy. I'm just going to back off now and just, I'm going to go five or 10 miles per hour slower so I can get away from this person so that, you know, as they do the thing that they're doing, it doesn't upset me. And so this emotional agility though, what this book talks about is how to work through um, situations that are really difficult and really trying. And so, and that could be, it's, it's information that's really great for home, for, you know, parenting, for work. You know, there's things that we get stuck in certain situations. Um, I know a lot of people out there get really um, upset and this is a, not the greatest example and it's really upsetting, but when, if, you know, you've got a partner that cheats on you, it's really hard to let go of that and in order to work through those, those things or to work with a coworker who's just constantly negative. Say, so, what? Right? <laughs> what are you talking about? Negative I don't know stuff. what you're talking about. I'm never negative. <laughs> this sucks. So then, right? <laughs> and it's funny because I, at work, um, I get known really quickly for being the person that doesn't get upset quickly and, or let things bother me. And people don't understand why doesn't this upset you? Why aren't you ticked off that so-and-so dropped the ball again? Well, because I know they dropped the ball Yeah, and I'm ready for that. And I've already worked through that. And so instead of, you know, coming down on that person and pointing fingers, you just learn how to move through those emotions, process them and understand this is what happens. So how do we solve the problem? Yeah. So that's a really great book for uh, personal development, trying to just figure out how do you deal with those emotions that you, they just won't go anywhere. And it's, it doesn't get too deep into psychology. Um, she's, she's pretty good about writing at a level that's easy to understand and easy to follow, which is why I love the book. And um, I do um, soft skills coaching, you know, outside of work as a, a personal uh, business of my own. And this is one of the books I recommend to my clients to read and help them get past themselves and past their own emotions. And how, how long of a book is this? Cause I read the first little, uh, you know, on Kindle, you can go and download the sample, yeah. right? So I downloaded yeah. the sample, read, read a little bit of it. How long is this book? Oh, a couple, 300 pages, maybe it's not, no, that's huge. not too bad of a read. No. And it's, it's a, it's one of those quick reads though. It's not fiction. You know, it's not like a, a you know, suspenseful page turner. It yeah. is really interesting. Um, the clients that have taken my offer to read it have found it to be really helpful. And it's one that, you know, people want to take my book, my version of the book. And I tell them no, cause all of my notes are in the margins. <laughs> and so I need those <laughs> for my own use, but I found it to be super helpful for the things that I've gone through personally and professionally. And so it's, it's just a really great read to, just to help understand yourself from the inside out and those around you. Yeah. Like from the first chapter, she, or the introduction, she says, emotional agility is about loosening up, calming down and living with more intention. Yes. That's, that, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Oh my God. It's great. It's well, we, we could probably list who doesn't want to do that, but <laughs> can, but it wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another podcast for another time. Right. We'll catch you up on that one. <laughs> yeah. What about right, you? So what have you got? So I've got uh, a book that is uh, one of my favorites and uh, I actually read it last year. Um, so I had to go back and kind of skim through some of my notes on it. But, you know, when I read on Kindle, I usually will highlight a bunch of things and yeah. makes it easy to see. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you're at different stages of your life. And, um, you know, if you go back and read, you know, what notes you took uh, and, and highlighted back then, it was kind of interesting to see. But uh, my book is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F, A Counterintuitive Approach to Living a Good Life uh, awesome. by Mark Manson. So, it's and he awesome. has a couple of books. You're going to hear me talk about him a lot because my my book pick for next episode is actually from him as well. Yeah. Um, but this uh, this book is really interesting. And, uh, you know, it just talks about, uh, you know, in, in our lives, you know, we get so focused on we want this or we want that. And we get, we get focused on maybe the wrong things. And so, um, this book is really good about, uh, you know, why we're so obsessed on certain things and, and really how not to, 
obsess on that and live a life that's more, uh, I think intentional is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, and, uh, purposeful life that, you know, and, and he talks a, a bit, bit about a story, uh, I believe it's in this book and not his next one that, you know, where he had someone, uh, you know, who knew growing up who passed away at a party he was at and that kind of changed his perspective on life and that sort of thing. So he's got a really interesting way to write. Um, and if you can get past some of his profanity, um, <laughs> you know, he's very, uh, you know, very kind of, you know, cuts to the chase on, on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And I, I just, uh, I think it's a really great book. It's an interesting one. Um, you know, there, most of the book doesn't have profanity in it, but, uh, you know, you may not want to listen to it around the kids or all the parts around the kids. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a really interesting guy. Uh, his writing is really straightforward and, uh, and, you know, and it's really, uh, you know, makes you realize that, Hey, sometimes you really just, uh, are too caught up about the wrong things. Yeah. If you're one that really, I've read this book, I love his work. I'm in the middle of his second book right now. Um, and if you're one who struggles with a lot of anxiety or panic and you're not sure why, and you're tired of it, this is a really great way to take that first step towards as just as the title says, just not given a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> Let's put it yeah. that way. So yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And again, it's one thing to hear. I think we talked about this before. Um, it's one thing to hear profanity out in public in a normal conversation, especially if you're one that uses it, but to see it in print is a very different mental shocker. And so once yeah. you get past it, it's fine. You, you actually kind of, um, kind of, you expect it from him. So it's really yeah. not a big deal, but it's, it's a great book. Yeah. He, he definitely has an interesting right way to write. Well, we, we're just about out of time here. Uh, and so we're going to wrap up here, but I think you have one more topic to talk about and that is, uh, be your own nap captain. So tell me what in the world are you talking about? So I'm a big fan of modern family. It's a show that's actually ending this year. This is its final season. I think they're doing the whole, um, um, show finale. And so, um, it's been on for like eight or 10 years. It's been on forever. Well, about halfway through this show, you've got three different families that they follow. The families are all related. There's a dad and his two kids and they're all adults and whatever. And, and, uh, in what this particular episode, they've got the, the gay men are raising this little Asian girl and they're trying to be the perfect parents. So you know how you are with that first kid. You're trying to be perfect and do everything perfect. And you've got parenting figured out. And then by the second kid, you realize you don't have anything figured out anyway. So you throw caution to the wind and hope for the best. Yeah. The second <laughs> one's way, way different from the first one. You're just like, okay, I've been here before. Just whatever it takes to get through the dang night. Let's go. And yeah. so with this, they're this little Asian girls. They're for, they had to adopt her obviously. And so um, they're trying to be the perfect parents. And um, Cameron Tucker is the, the, the father that's a part of this scene. And he's with his sister-in-law, Claire Dunphy. And, um, the little girl's doing, you know, little naughty things around the house and Claire keeps trying to correct her. No, Lily, no, you can't do that. No. And keeps on using the word. No. And camera's like, actually, we're trying not to use that word. Um, this whole thing we're trying to do. And she's like, Oh, great. <laughs> so, you can tell she's getting really annoyed because at some point he gets his hand caught into the garbage disposal. And this little girl, Lily is, is clicking all the, you know, the switches. And one of the switches is the one that will activate the, the garbage disposal. And so they get to the point, okay, well, Claire redirects her. Okay, let's go take a nap. And he's like, actually, we're letting her be her own nap captain. We're letting her make her decisions on when she takes a nap. And Claire's like, she's freaking three years old. Like, let go. <laughs> and so in this time when the nation, in, especially in Kansas, where we're basically grounded to our room, I mean, it's kind of one of those things, feel free to be your own nap captain. When it's time to take a nap, take a nap. Grab that 10-minute cat nap or that 30-minute <laughs> siesta and enjoy it while you can because after this you ain't gonna be able to nap at work the wellness rooms are probably gone after this who knows Take so you're telling me once life goes back to normal and we all go back to work i can't be like i'm my own nap captain bye <laughs> i mean if you've got the authority in your position great but the rest of us probably don't <laughs> or if, you can, if you've got the, i used to love my office when i worked for uh, one of my previous employers i had my own office and i'd just get to the point where i'm like oh it's it's lunch i'm gonna shut my door and i'm just gonna I'm just going to sleep. I don't care where I'm sleeping at. And I just lay my head down on my desk and set my alarm for 20, 30 minutes. And I was out for my, my lunch nap. So, you know, if you can get sneak it in there, sneak it in there. But I mean, if you're home, you know what? Lay down, take a nap, enjoy yeah. it. It's not going to happen. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. All right. So next week we, uh, we have some things to look forward to. So the topics are, uh, we've got lots of topic, but here's some highlights. The first is reporters and dumb questions. What not to say at work. I think we're going to all uh, have fun with that. Oh, yeah. 
Terry, you're going to talk about how to choose a mentor. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk that, about how to line yourself up. Was that mentor or mental? I mean, either way, it just depends on <laughs> what's, way. what's what's in your nature. <laughs> and we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit more about uh, how to step up your home uh, webcam and audio game. And uh, so this has been the very first episode of the uh, Mayhem and Biz or Biz and Mayhem podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, don't forget to go ahead and subscribe uh, to us on uh, all the favorite podcasting platforms. Yeah. And if you like the podcast, go ahead and uh, encourage us a little bit. Write us a review. And uh, if you really want to encourage us, you can go ahead over to Patreon or to PayPal and throw us some bucks because, you know, putting on a pay, uh, on a podcast certainly isn't free. So uh, we would appreciate those donations and uh, certainly uh, give us your comments and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. Tell us what you want to talk about. All right. Till next time, we'll see you. This is Chris. And this is Tara. 